0: Amen. If you're taking notes today and you have a notebook or you have something that you keep in your your phone, the title for today's message is going to be, How to Make God Your Greatest Influencer. How to Make God Your Greatest Influencer. Have any of you guys heard of influencers as far as like social media is concerned? They're influencers. Um, He's like, I'm one of them look at me. Um, there there are influencers on social media. Now, uh, a lot of the times they have a big following and so companies will go to them and say, hey, you know, will you be an influencer for my product? They'll give them a free product or they'll pay them because they have hundreds of thousands of followers or tens of thousands of followers. And what happens is, is then they put their product on their uh, Instagram story or whatever it would be and they are now an influencer to you you don't know that they're doing that necessarily because they don't come like advertisements on uh, cable or hulu whatever you watch nowadays um, it doesn't say this is an ad it's it's somebody that you think that you just follow and then you no, know, now they have the hairbrush that you like Or now they put something on their car that you really like, that you want for your car. Whatever it is. And so there's influencers on social media. Do you know that there's influencers all around you? The people who are around you right now are influencers. Some people are positive influencers. Some people are negative influencers. And so we have to be mindful and make it a priority to make God our greatest influencer. Amen? When God is the one who's leading you and guiding you, you can't go wrong, amen? So in 1 Samuel chapter two, verse 30, it says this, therefore the Lord, the God of Israel says, I promised that your branch of the tribe of Levi would always be my priests, but I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me or lightly esteem me. The word honor there, so if we are to honor God, he's saying, I want you to honor me. That word honor means to give weight to, to give importance to, to give value to. So God wants us to give weight to him, to give importance to him, to give value to him, to ascribe those things to him. God, you're the first, you're the most for me. And then it says, if you lightly esteem me, I will despise you. So what does that word, those, that phrase lightly esteem mean? Well, it means light or slight. Another word for it can mean superficial. So if you honor God in a superficial way, that's actually you lightly esteeming him. That's you doing something that he doesn't want you to do. He doesn't want it to be a passing prayer. Um, You know, God bless this day, and it be superficial. He wants something of importance and value with you, and he wants to be important to you, amen? As Pastor Cole said, he has loved you with an everlasting love. That is his motivation. It's not that he gets more followers on Instagram. Uh, It's not that he gets paid well. It's not that he gets a free product um, if you follow him. If you follow him, he has your best interests in mind. Amen? So point number one, if you're taking notes today, is be a hundred with God. A hundred. I'm doing good. Uh, be 100 with God. You got that, Iris? 100. Yeah, it's a little bit hard for me to, like, it takes me all day to practice that. Oh, there it is. Be 100 with God. Praise the Lord. That's your little emoji. Be real with God. If you want Him to be your greatest influencer in your life, be real with Him. Don't be fake, don't be superficial. Be authentic with Him. There is a whole generation of people who are growing up nowadays that know how to make everything a secret. They know how to hide it all. Um, And for those of you who have children or teenagers, uh, I hope this doesn't open your eyes too much, but there is so much garbage everywhere and there are so many ways for you to hide every single thing that you do on these devices nowadays. Um, Your kids already know them. So this is just a tip for you on how to learn. Uh, forget the days of incognito mode. Um, it's far beyond that. I went onto to Facebook a couple weeks ago. I, you know, just went into my app. And on the upper right-hand corner, you know how it has your, your messenger face or whatever, pops up a message, send a secret message. It's advertising to you on how to hide things. It's giving you the idea on how to hide things, how to keep something secret, how to live in two different worlds. Instagram, you go into your direct messages. If you swipe a certain way or something like that, uh, you can send messages that vanish after 10 seconds. Instagram stories, they're meant to only be there for 24 hours. Uh, We're living in a society where they we're being raised up to hide things. Yeah. And I want you to know that you can't hide anything from God. Right. You might as well just be real because you can't hide a thing from him. We cannot be trained up or allow ourselves to be trained up to hide things, to live a secret life, to live one foot in and one foot out. We don't want to be people who just know how to do church well, right, to look good when it counts, um, to wear the right clothes. I mean, those are those are important things to learn. You know, you, you don't wear, like, um, a fluorescent pink suit to a funeral. Like, there are some things that you need to learn because it's, it's appropriate, but that can't. It can't be coming from superficial. It has to be coming from inside your heart as far as your relationship with God goes. Uh, Hebrews 4.13 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we're accountable. He's the one that we answer to, and he knows it all. He knows are coming in and are going out. He hems us in behind and before. At the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, and guess what? He slumbers not nor sleeps. So even when we're sleeping, God is there. He is with us. He will not ever leave us. He will not ever forsake us. And it's about time we make sure that we're being hunted with God, that we're being real that we're being authentic that we're not just standing on the street corner and praying so that people can see that we're praying have you been to your prayer closet i literally had a prayer closet i i had, I, mean, I used to hang out in the closet like that is what i liked to do believe it or not it's like sounds creepy but like i don't know i guess i was introverted and so i would just like that's where i read that i hung out in the closet Um, When I first got saved, I thought like I had to hide that I was reading my Bible. So when I was praying, I would like pray under the covers, as if someone knew that I was praying in my head if I was above the covers. Anyway, so have you been to your prayer closet? Have you prayed when no one was watching? Have you invested in your relationship with Jesus? It's not meant to be heavy. Um, It's meant to encourage you. We don't want to be whitewashed, tombed. We don't want to look religious, but not really have an intimate relationship with God. That's That's not what this church is about, but that's not what the body of Christ is about. That's not what it's like to live in fellowship with him. He loves us. Our duty is to glorify him and enjoy him forever. Not just I'm here to worship, I'm here to enjoy the presence of God. He loves us. He cares about us. That's his motivation. If you do something to be seen, that is the biggest reward that you're going to get for that thing that you did. But what you, what you do in secret is what counts, whether it's good or bad. What you are when no one is looking, um, God knows it all, and he'll reward the good that's done. Amen? And Ananias and Sapphira, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 4. Chapter five. Thanks. I had sausage fingers, and so I wrote the wrong ver- the wrong chapter. We went over this last service; forgot all about it. Acts chapter five, verse one. There was a certain man named Ananias, who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. He brought a part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. So there was influence number one. The wife could have said, I don't think this is a good idea to lie. Um, But with his wife's consent, they decide, yeah, we're going to lie about how much we're giving right now. Like, who cares? It's yours to give or not to give. Sometimes it's, you know, people are just putting up a facade. And that's not what it's about, right? It's about give to God what belongs to him and what you have in your heart to give. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished, and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but you were lying to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some, some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Was this the price you paid, you and your husband received for your land? So here, Peter's given her another chance. It was really the Holy Spirit giving her another chance. If you're given a second chance to tell the truth, tell the truth. If Holy Spirit gives you another chance, You're going to want to take it. Amen? Amen? We all done made mistakes. Many of us have lied more than one time about the same thing. Eventually, it's exposed. So if Holy Spirit gives you a second chance, take it and run. Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? What happens is she also dies. And then a great fear grips the people. And so what I want to share with you is that that doesn't have to be us. We don't have to be like that. Peter said, how could you even think of conspiring to do such a thing? And I love how it says young men came and took the body of Ananias out. You know, we have the privilege of from our mistakes, youth, you can learn. You can see the discipline of God in other people's lives. And you can take heed to the word of God. And even us who are like mid-range, take, <laughs> mid-range, uh, take, take heed to the discipline of God in other people's, other people's lives when they've messed up. When they've fallen short, so that we could be the type of people who see what happens, and we d- we end up not polluting a genuine move of God, we end up not polluting the body of Christ. Amen. We're raising up a generation here today, and I'm going to be part of it that we're not going to pollute the genuine move of God with lies. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, point number two: If you're taking notes on how to make God your greatest influencer is put value on the word of God. Put value on the word of God. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17. I'll give you a moment. Oh, there we go. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. His word teaches us what's true. His word makes us realize what's wrong in our lives. His word corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. It's his word. So you want to be influenced by God? Read his word. Partake of it every single day. What was the directive of God to the Israelites? He said to them, collect manna every single day. Get your manna every single day. That stuff that was from today, it's not going to be good tomorrow. So get new stuff tomorrow. Don't have any leftovers. Don't rely on the leftovers. I want you to go out every day and collect fresh manna. Well, we don't have manna in our front lawns. I understand that. But it was a symbolism of the word of God. That every day, what did Jesus pray? Give us today our daily bread. I want daily bread. I, want, I said this in the earlier service. How many of you guys have ever had a fresh, a real fresh, homemade uh, loaf of bread? There's something different about it when it's fresh. There's something different about it when it's for today, right? Right? The word of God hits you differently when you go to meet with God and you get into his word and you hear something from him for that very day. And so Jesus said, give us today our daily bread. That's how we should pray to God. Give us today our daily bread. You know what the word of God does? It recalibrates us. It sets us back into alignment with what's right. Like Pastor Cole, when he shared the word from the Holy Spirit earlier today, Hey, does anybody have, you know, growth in your throat? Something there that doesn't belong there? Um, We know from the word of God that sickness doesn't belong to us. We know from the word of God that you have have no business being depressed for the rest of your life. Or somebody telling you that this is a diagnosis that you're going to have to live through for the rest of your life. You have no business feeling like anxiety is your portion for the rest of your life. But you wouldn't know that if you weren't in the word of God. We don't conform to the patterns of this world, but we're renewed by the transforming of our mind. How are our minds transformed? By the washing of the word. So we have to go back to the word of God to know what's even right and to know what's wrong. Because we're living in a world that they call, what, what is right, they call wrong. What's wrong, they call right. What's evil, they call good. What's good, they call evil. So we need to go back to the word of God to allow God to influence us because otherwise, we don't actually even know what's right and we don't know what's wrong. I'll tell you this, there was an article that was written that I read a couple years ago, so it's probably worse off now, but there, were people, there are people who you know suffer from many other types of mental disorders and one of them in particular is there are people who were born Um, you know, with all of their arms and legs. Um, But at some point in time, they start feeling like their hand is not part of them. Like it's like just weird. It doesn't doesn't belong to them. Like it's this foreign body. And they actually um, hurt themselves so that a doctor will surgically remove the hand because they feel like the hand doesn't belong there. Um, And society will tell you nowadays, well, if you feel like that's not you, that's not you that's where the world is going. That's the trajectory of the world. And if you don't get in the word, you're going to end up with no hands, no arms, no legs, no other body parts. Come on, if you know what I'm saying, that's what, that's the trajectory of the world. But if you allow God to be your greatest influencer, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He told you Thousands of years ago, there will come a time where there will, there will be a mark of the beast on your forehead or on your hand. And, you know, years ago, we would have thought that's crazy, especially 2,000 years ago. And now it's, you know, people are already doing it. They're putting chips and everything. Um, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you follow the word of God, you'll be able to be influenced by him. I want to say also his word has power. His word has power to create To bind, to loose, to cast out, to lift up, to cast down. His word, it says in the Bible that he honors his word above his name. He watches over his word in order to perform it. All of heaven and all of earth will pass away. But his word will never fail. His word will remain. His word is more real and more lasting than anything that you and I can see right now. Go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Actually, you can look at it at the screen. It's going to take too long for you to turn there. By faith, we understand that this entire universe was formed or framed at God's command. That what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. That's how God works. Everything that we see is being held up right now by the word of God by the word his word is more real more powerful more effective than anything that you can see right now and we're actually going to be transformed by the, in the twinkling of an eye we're going to get glorified bodies when we go to heaven so even what you see is not going to be here anymore even you and i obviously our spirits are going to remain but even our bodies are going to be changed that's how lasting and enduring the word of god it outlasts us all So why don't we look to the word of God every single day for fresh manna, for fresh bread, to be influenced by the spirit of God, to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, to be recalibrated by the renewing of our minds, by washing our minds with the word of God. Because the trajectory of this world is to pull you away from God, but his word will always draw you towards him. Amen? Number three, if you're taking notes, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. This is how to keep God as the, greater, the greatest influencer in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. That still, small voice of the Spirit of God that tells you which way to go, to the left or to the right, you've got to listen. You've got to hear. Pray, God, give me ears to hear. Give me eyes to see because I want to be led by you. I want to be guided by you. John 16 verse 13 says this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. Wouldn't you like to know what the right decision to make is from somebody who knows what's about to happen in your life? Right? Like, I mean, we can put it simply if somebody knows what the lotto numbers are going to be tomorrow, wouldn't you want them to tell you what those lotto numbers are? Right? Right. (laughs) Amen. So if we know the one who knows the future, wouldn't we want to be in open communication, constant communication with that someone who knows our future? And then our job, this is the hard part, though. Our job is going, I don't know better. I'm gonna follow the Holy Spirit instead. I'm gonna go his way. I'm not gonna go my way. I'm scared, but I'm sure he can help me. You know, sometimes we don't step forward, not because we're being rebellious, but because we're scared. Sometimes we don't follow the Holy Spirit, not because, man, I just wanna be disobedient, um sometimes we're scared and don't you think that if he calls you he can equip you oh that's a bible verse whom he calls he equips he'll help you move forward he'll help you walk forward if we would just get it into our hearts and in our spirits man he knows what's best for us he knows the end from the beginning right and so let's follow him with all of our hearts uh first john two twenty seven. you have received the holy spirit you're not trying to get the holy spirit you have the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. So you're not trying to get the answer, you actually have the answer inside of you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you right now, currently. And all we have to do is pray, God, enlighten my heart to what I already know. Enlighten my heart to what you've already told me by the power of your Holy Spirit. You have him inside of you. You have received the Holy Spirit. He lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as he taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Jude 1.20 says, pray continually in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. When is a good time to start connecting with the Holy Spirit, to start listening? Yeah, Amen, that's awesome. Not when you're in crisis mode only, right? Um, if you're not prepared when that crisis happens, if it's not a usual and regular thing for you to look to the Holy Spirit for guidance and for help, it's gonna, it's gonna be hard. You know, you're gonna sit there about to sign the papers for your house that you're buying, you're gonna be like, I hope I'm hearing right. I hope I'm listening, you're gonna you know, sit at that interview at that job and you're gonna be like, I don't know whether it's the right thing to do. I don't know if I should leave my job or not. Um, but if you get accustomed to listening for the voice of God in the little things, um, when you hit that crisis, when you get to that, that time when, man, this is a pivotal point in my life, it'll be like second nature because you're used to listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, there's a. I have a story about when my car was a mess one time. Um, Mario had come over to help fix uh, what we thought was going to be an alternator problem because, you know, I changed my battery and the car still didn't work. It was out of commission for a long time, not just because of that, but also because I took apart the inside of the van. Uh, because amen for DIYers. <laughs> Saving money by wasting money on the fix that you thought was going to be cheaper, but then it ends up not being cheaper. Amen. So... Um, the car is out of commission for a, uh, about a month, and he comes over to try to see what's wrong with it. I have the alternator, it's like a $300 piece and part. And um, we check it, and he's like, I don't know, the ohms meter is reading that the alternator is good. So he's like, Let's take you to AutoZone. Um, he goes to move his car because he had parked behind me, and the car won't start. His car won't start. My car is the one that has problems. Now his car won't start. And so we're like, what is going on? So he wiggles one of the, the, is it called the terminal? Thanks, amen. Um, So he wiggles the terminal, and he's like, oh, it's a little loose. So he tightens it, and he's like, I'm going to grab some battery post shims. Like, who cares? Sorry. Anyway, I'm going to grab some of those when we go to AutoZone. We go... The guy at AutoZone says, yeah, it's not your alternator, maybe it's your, I'm gonna make some stuff up, maybe it's your catalytic converter, maybe it's your microwave, I don't know. He gives a couple options, and then Mario's like, oh, I grabbed these battery post shims, I grabbed some for you too, Uh, they're like three bucks, yours were a little loose too. Go back to the car, he puts the shims on his battery, his car is perfect now, and then uh, he puts the shims on my battery, and of course, wouldn't you know my car starts working? You just turn the key and it turns on, amen? So it was a $3 fix. My car was out of commission for a month for a $3 fix, okay? And it was literally seconds. It took seconds, seconds. But I tell you, when he went to start his car and it didn't work, I automatically thought, is God showing us something? Is the Holy Spirit showing? Because it was the same exact problem. And I'm telling you, if you listen to the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, when a hard time comes, when you need information for something that's really serious, it's going to be easier. It's going to be easier for you. It's going to come easier. It's not always easy, right? Because sometimes we get in the way. Or sometimes God wants us to just draw in a little bit deeper, a little bit closer to get that answer. It's not always easy. But if you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, he will be the voice behind you telling you which way to go, the left or to the right. He'll guide you. Amen. He'll be your greatest influencer if you would listen to the Holy Spirit. Next point, if you're taking notes, is number four. Surround yourself with people who point you toward God and encourage you to walk in your purpose. Surround yourself with people who point you toward God and encourage you to walk in your purpose. How many of you guys know that there are discouragers out there? When we talk about influencers, there's people who can point us to God and there's people who can point us away from God. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. I'm going to paraphrase some of this because it's long, but there was a man named Naaman in the Old Testament, um, and he was covered with leprosy, and he was a commander of the army, and he was a really good one, and so there was a servant girl in his household that had come from Israel, so this was his help at the house, his wife's help. She was a servant at the house, Um, and she says to Naaman, hey, listen, there's, there's a man of God, his name is Elisha, if you would go to him, you, you'll be healed of leprosy, and so he, he goes to his master, says, hey, can you give me a letter, so that I could go over there and meet with the man of God, he does, Um, and then, you know, the story ends up with, um, Naaman is in front of Elisha's house, okay. And uh, we're on chapter five, verse nine. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Imagine you travel to like a different place, right? You traveled to go see the man of God. And he's like, send my messenger out. He sends his assistant out and says this, go and wash in the Jordan seven times. This is what happens. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. He said, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy, call on the name of the Lord and heal me. Aren't the rivers the Damascus and Abana and Farpar Better than any of the rivers of Israel. Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. Verse 11. But his officers tried to reason with him. Thank God for people who are around us who try to reason with us when we're making a wrong decision. Tried to reason with him. Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says, simply... Go and wash and be cured. So he did as the man of God said, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Now these people were people that Naaman had set up in his house and in his life long before this decision, long before he almost walked away and made the wrong choice. These were people who had been surrounding him. So he knew, he was wise enough to know, I've got to surround myself with the right people who will be a good influence to me when it matters the most. Imagine if it was nowadays with some of the people that some of us surround ourselves with. Uh, He went to Elisha, the man of God, and the man of God just sent out a servant. And Naaman comes back. He did not even come out to meet with me. I thought he was going to meet with me. Um, some of us have friends who like to gossip, gossip. Some of us who have friends who like to be offended. And there could have been somebody who was, he surrounded himself with, if he had done it the wrong way, who latched on to that offense and said, Elisha did what? We're going to post it in the Israel times. Let's, let's post it, post it on Israel book, whatever. Um, they would have latched on to that. That offense, and we would have had an offended leprous Naaman instead of a miracle of God. They, he could have latched onto the offense. He could have latched onto that type of thing. They could have latched onto gossip. We could have had a gossiping Naaman and servant girl at his house. No, instead, because he surrounded himself with the right type of influencers, they pointed him to God. And would you take time to look at your circle? And I'm not saying like, cut everybody off right now, but I'm also not saying not to. Um, Look at your circle. When times get tough, they're the people that you're gonna allow to speak into your life, whether you like it or not. And they're gonna plant a seed. They could plant, they could have jumped onto Naaman's offense. It was Naaman's fault, like he was the one who was upset. Everybody else was rooting for him. They could have jumped onto the offense. Instead, they said, you know what? This seems like an easy thing. Chill out a little bit. Why don't you just go wash? And he did. Think about Mordecai and Esther. How many of you guys know the story of Esther? Maybe you were born for such a time as this. Mordecai was like a dad to Esther. And she could have missed this very important moment. If Mordecai had looked at her and said, it's more important for you to be alive for me than it is for you to live for God. Because here she is, she's saying, listen, Mordecai, if I listen to your advice of going to the king, I could die. I could die because he hasn't called for me. And if he doesn't want me there, I could be dead. And Mordecai says to her, who knows if you were born for such a time as this. So sometimes we surround ourselves with people who want what's best for us. They really do. They want what they think is best for us. But what about people who encourage you to walk in your calling, even when it costs you something, even when it costs them something? Mordecai loved Esther, raised her up, and he could have lost her. But instead, he speaks to her purpose and says, you've got to walk in your purpose. Even if that means something negative for me, girl, what if you were born for such a time as this? Man of God, what if you were born for such a time as this? You've got to surround yourself with people who aren't just looking out for themselves, but are pointing you to walk in your purpose. What about Jesus? Peter said, you know, Jesus describes, I'm going to die. And I'm going to come back to life. And like, this is for your forgiveness of sins, basically. You know, he's explaining this over and over again. And Peter's like, that will never happen. Jesus knew what to speak to at that moment. He spoke to the spirit behind that influence. He said, Get behind me, Satan. He rebuked it. And I wonder what would happen if we started being those types of people that didn't care so much about people's feelings, but knew that sometimes, I'm not saying Peter was possessed, he wasn't possessed. There was a spirit behind that influence. And that influence was trying to tell Jesus, no, you don't need to die. You don't need to die. Um, But Jesus knew to speak to that spirit and rebuke it and, and to stand up and walk in his calling. Too many of us entertain thoughts and companionship and voices that give bad advice that sounds good. Right? Bad advice that sounds good. Surround yourself with people who point you to God and encourage you to walk in your purpose. Finally, number five, don't let your hunger for God and his best for your life be satisfied by anything in this world. Don't let your hunger for God and his best for your life be satisfied by anything in this world. Second Kings 4.18, Yeah, we'll go through this at this service. 2 Kings 4.18 says this. This is a Shunammite woman. Um, She had made a house, or uh, sorry, a room in her house for the man of God. And um, he prayed for her to receive a child. She became pregnant. She received the child. One day, um, okay, so I'll read it from there. One day when her child was older, he went out to help his father who was working with the harvester. Suddenly he cried, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of his servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap, but around noontime he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and left him there. She sent messengers to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today, he asked. Is it neither, it is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But she said, it will be all right. Some of us uh, spend our time explaining our problems to people who can't do anything about it. He couldn't have solved her problem. So he doesn't, she doesn't even bother. It's going to be all right. She doesn't even tell him the problem. Some of us have to kind of bypass, we're wasting time, right? Telling the wrong people who can't do anything. God is the one who can do something about it. Amen. So she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. As she approached the man of God, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her. Is everything fine? Yes. She Again, I know you can't help me, sir. Step to the side. She doesn't even bother, telling her problem to someone who can't help her. Verse 27, she came to the man of God at the mountain, fell to the ground before him, caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away. That's a whole nother story. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She's deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. Verse 28, did I ask you for a son? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. This woman had a hunger for God. Elisha was a representative of God to her. And so Gehazi wouldn't do no I don't want somebody who has the tools I want the very presence of God with me she had determined no it won't it won't satisfy Gehazi you won't satisfy me sometimes what we do in our hunger for God will offend people but she would have been someone who didn't offend Gehazi but had a dead son had she not hungered for the things of God Had she not um, thirsted for the things of God. And so she said to Elisha, I won't go unless you go with me. Who else said that? Moses said, I won't go unless you go with me. Jacob said, I'm not going to go until you bless me. Are we going to be satisfied by McDonald's when we could have Ruth Chris Steakhouse? No. We want to the real meat of the word of God. We want to hunger for the things of God. And I won't be satisfied by a servant of God if I can speak to God myself. Amen? We've got to be the people who get on our faces and hunger for the things of God and speak to God ourselves. Thank God for our pastors because our pastors have kept us alive, some of us. If it had not been for the pastors, we'd not been here some of us. Thank God for doctors, because if it wasn't for doctors, a lot of Christians would be dead, right? But can we hunger for more? Can we listen to God for ourselves? Can we make him our greatest influencer? So it's not just the man of God, the woman of God, so it's not the things of this world that are satisfying us, so that it's God himself so that we look to him first we look to him most we look to him last he's the first and the last he's our beginning he's the end he's there at the when the sun goes up when the sun comes down and while we're asleep god is first and he's foremost in our lives amen we can only have that relationship with him because he gave us his son jesus do you know what the bible says it says we were bought with a high price. That high price was Jesus. You know, when you get a deal, that's a low price. So you exchange a little bit of money for something greater than what the money was worth. When he says a high price, that means he gave too much for what he got. Right? He paid, a high, he paid the price, the blood of his son Jesus. God died for you, for you. He gave his life for you. Why? So that you could sit at church on Sunday mornings. So that you could type cool memes for Facebook that make people think religiously. No, he died. So that you can have an ongoing relationship with him. So that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So what the devil has been trying to steal from you, take from you, kill you, destroy you, so that stops having a hold on your life and you can break free from it, you can live in his perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. Why did he die? So that you can live. Why did he die so you could be forgiven, so that you don't have to be tormented in hell, so that you don't have to be confused by this world and whatever they say is right today and tomorrow it's wrong. He died so that you could have clarity of mind. He died so you could be uh, freed from addiction and bondage. He died to restore your body to perfect health. He died to clear up your mind. Any of those chemical imbalances or the voices that you hear in your head, he died so that that could be clear for you and you don't have to have fog in your mind anymore. He died for the congenital diseases. He died for every sickness, for every disease. He died for you, he died for me. Come on, let's stand to our feet. He died so that he could make an influence in your life. He died so that he could have value for your life so that you can live eternally. Go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. If you're here today and you would say, I know that I've sinned against God and I have not been living for him and I want to make my life right with him today. If you would say, I, I don't know whether I'm going to heaven or not, because I know I've messed up, but because of the hearing of the word of God today, you realize Jesus died for me, and you want to give your life to him. If that's you, you would say, I've sinned, I've fallen short, I have messed up, and I'm not in right relationship with God, but I want to be. Go ahead and raise your hand right now. You would say, I wanna give my heart to Jesus. Anybody else? I see a bunch of hands. Raise your hand up high. You would say, I know that I'm not living right. I need to be made right right now. Lots of hands. I want you guys to come forward, don't delay. Come forward to the altar. I'm gonna meet you there, come. Those of you who raised your hands, come forward. Come forward. Anybody else, come on and give the Lord praise. Come forward you would say, I need to make my life right today. Amen, glory to God. God bless you guys. God bless you, God bless you. you. There's a few more, so I'm gonna give a couple moments. Listen to me closely. Don't allow a couple steps to keep you from receiving forgiveness of your sins. This is no pressure. Acknowledge God before people so that God can acknowledge you when you come into his heavenly kingdom. One more time with eyes closed and heads bowed, if you would say, I know I need to be forgiven of my sins. I know I have messed up. And I know I need to be made right with him. If that's you, I want you to come forward now. I'll meet you halfway. Anybody else that you would say, I need to get my life right today? Anybody else? Well, We're going to pray for these three that are up here go ahead and repeat this prayer after me but mean it from your hearts amen say this dear Jesus I admit that I'm a sinner I believe in my heart that you died for me I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord forgive me of my sins I believe that you rose from the dead And you're alive right now giving me power over sin fill me now with your Holy Spirit that I will live for you all the days of my life go ahead and lift your hands I'm gonna pray for you guys real quick in Jesus name receive a fresh touch from heaven let all the shame fade away now by the precious blood of Jesus Christ you are new you are free you are whole in the mighty name of jesus christ bless her god anything that's plagued her from the past i pray god that you would show her and reassure her when you said in your word that you're a new creation in christ jesus that new means new in jesus name be filled in jesus name Receive a fresh touch in the mighty name of Jesus. Give him strength to run the race and lead his family well in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless this young one, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Be filled with a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The rest of you give praise to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah come on and lift your hands one more time I'm gonna pray over you thank you father for each one who is here God we want to give our hearts holy to you we don't want to go to the left or to the right we don't want to be one foot in and one foot out God I won't be lukewarm I'll be red hot on fire for you Or I'll be like a cold, refreshing stream to those who are in need of refreshing. But God, I won't be lukewarm. I'm all in. Everybody say this. I'm all in. God, you've heard us. You've heard our hearts. You've heard us as you opened your word to us, God. Would you by your Holy Spirit empower us now to put you first, to put you greatest, to put you most, that we would look to you and we would put our faith and our trust and our hope in you, your word, the power of your Holy Spirit, the body of Christ that you surrounded us with. And God, on those days where we just don't feel like it, I pray that you would make us hungry make us hungry a hunger that we've never felt before god so that we need to be satisfied by you and you alone god scraps won't do mcdonald's won't do we want the real deal and we need you god to be it all for us in jesus mighty name go ahead and shout amen hallelujah go ahead and give the lord your praise So let's show our appreciation to our youth department, all of our young people. Then Pastor Mathai do a wonderful job as she shared the word today. Got some meat to take home. You're not getting scraps today. Everybody go home and